Vertonghen is in there! It looks like that might be a Spurs winner. Bale, oh lovely range on the ball. It's a fine pass into Harry Kane, who shoots! With devastating effect, it is Harry Kane who scores! Son has a shot! The wait is over for Tottenham fans. They now have a new head coach, and that man is Nuno Espirito Santo. Welcome to the State Side Service Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, and we are here to discuss a lot of things, including we are a little less than... Are we 24 hours from the transfer window closing? Austin, you're frozen. Uh, less, you smile on your face. Oh, there you go. It's fixed. Uh, less, less, than, less than 24 hours. Just, less than, under, yeah, just under 24 hours. Just under 24 hours left of the transfer window closing. And uh, lots to discuss as we are top of the table. Um, but we're going to get into all of those things. First off, Chris, how are you feeling? I'm uh, like, we're top of the table. Three weeks in, three clean sheets. Only three goals scored, but you know what? Had you offered me this like three weeks ago, I'd have bitten your hand off for nine points coming out of these first three games. So I'm 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 awesome. I'm doing good. Yeah, uh, I agree. Austin, how are you? Doing doing well, man. I mean, yeah, Chris kind of hit it on the head. You can't can't be mad at the results. I mean, they're three one nils, and there's definitely room for improvement. But uh, considering the opposition we played, um, and considering the month ahead of us. Got to be happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Chris. If you offered this to me um, a week before the season started, that well, I think, of course, anyway, who wouldn't take nine points from three games, right? Um, there is still a lot to be improved upon, but here we are, onwards and upwards, uh, heading into this first international break of the season. Um, top of the table, not even tied with anyone else. Two points clear. Uh, can we end the season now? Uh, stop the count. Stop the count. We are good. Stop uh, the count. Part, part of me is a, a little scared to go back and think about um, listening to our November podcast of last year when we were top of the table. Uh, so we were like top of the table into that. December. Yeah. I'm serious PTSD uh, about that situation, that whole era. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. By the way, we have 19 hours and 42 minutes left. Is, is, minutes. Yeah. Great. By the time this is over, we'll be under 19 hours left in this uh, transfer window. Um, yeah, so we're not definitely not getting ahead of ourselves. We are going to enjoy being <laughs> top of the table. Beautiful to look at that chart and uh, the table and see. Uh, don't forget to look at the, the, the bottom of the table as well. Right, Chris? <laughs> the bottom of the table. <laughs> what 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 is everyone's favorite stat about that real quick because mine oh. is that we have the same number of points as they have goals conceded and they have the same number of points as we have goals conceded that's my favorite little fun stat i'm not even going to say who we're talking about i'm just going to say they because they don't deserve to be mentioned on the podcast is, by name this is the largest that i believe that gap has ever been i, I i'm I'm just that part makes me happy. I, well, I go to sleep thinking about that, and I'm happy about it. So logistically speaking, unless they unless one team drops to a different league, it can't be any bigger. The gap, right, place wise in the yeah, yeah it's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> be any bigger than it's this. just never. We've never been twentieth, and they've never been first or vice versa. So, uh, and honestly, we're, let's be real, Arsenal is not getting relegated this year, but it's nice to see them um, where they are now. So, it's a nice it's, fantasy to have. It's it's just good to see because now that they have to watch it for two weeks. Uh, yeah, I saw that um, breaking news. Uh, Romano just reported that uh, Emerson is it. I'm just gonna say Royal. Is it Royal? Like the you know. The, I think, I think he goes by Royal. Emerson. He goes by okay. Emerson. So you Emerson uh, has been reached an agreement. It looks like a 30 million plus add-ons included from Barcelona. So we are bringing another right back into the squad. Um, still with Serge Aria on the books. Um, so that's going to leave us with four right backs unless something happens in the next 19 hours. Before we jump into this, um, the Watford match, Austin, what are your thoughts on Emerson? I don't know a ton about him. I know he's had some good seasons. Barcelona fans don't seem to be super high on him, but they do have Sergio Dest as their, as their first choice. Komen has said he didn't, he's not looking to bring in any other right backs, So they, they trust their depth to that position. Um, 
the the little I know about him, he's 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 big for a fullback, very athletic, very good defender actually, um, and he he's good progressing the ball forward. I think he's young still, so he has a lot of uh, improvements to do. It was his dream to play for Barcelona, from everything I've read, uh, from his own comments. Um, but you know, he's coming to the biggest league in the world, and to a team that that has shown to they really really wanted him. So uh, I'm hoping he is an improvement on Serge Aurier as far as um, being that kind of pacey athletic winger. But he isn't necessarily an out and out attacker. He's very solid defensively. Uh, so it's interesting that he get comes in under the wire instead of Tomiyasu, in my opinion. Um, but um, happy to see us bring in a right back. I just hope we get rid of a right back as well. Four right backs is a little uh, nutty. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you have? Any any extra information on this uh, Emerson as a right back coming from Barcelona? Austin was saying that they were looking to get rid I read that they weren't looking to get rid of him that Komen wanted to keep him, that he wanted to stay. And this was, for Spurs, it was too good of a deal to, to pass up. The idea of bringing him in, considering what we're trying to do. And I've heard he was one of the better players. I've, I've heard he's been on loan for a while, and then he comes back to Barcelona. They're looking to get him in. And then all of a sudden, here comes Spurs saying, hey, we, we would take this guy. Um, I do know, apparently, we should probably all know at this point, we tried to offer them Serge to offload him. As kind of a swap deal. Hey, here, take our right back. We'll take yours. Um, and they said no to Surge. I, I think Austin may have mentioned this earlier today, but there, there just there can't be a big market for a 29-year-old right back with some issues on cards. And just yeah, there has to be. But I think this guy could be very transformative to our back line as far as a real quality right back. I think it will push uh, Tanganga to playing a backup right back or switching us to a back three where. Uh, yeah. I may be uh, getting ahead of myself, but I'm just. No, saying. yeah. I don't know anything about the player, to be honest. Uh, this is one of those transfers that's happened pretty quickly over the past couple of days. He's uh, not really a wing back though. He is a true right back. Well, in, a, in the Chris's point, I don't think they were looking to sell him. Barcelona is in such financial dire straits that if anyone comes in with a good offer for one of their depth players, they have to, they have to take it because they, they need the money badly. So he would have been fighting to try to, to rotate with Serginio Dest, but Dest has a hammer lock on that right back spot for them. So I think how weird think is Barcelona that that an American right back is better than a Brazilian right nailed back. on <laughs> the right back for it, Barcelona. Man. Um, but yeah, I think I think Paratici really liked, and he played he he played with Lo Celso at at Betis, uh, at Real Betis. So uh, they have a history together too. Um, and you know he probably has some familiarity with Lucas on that right side as well. Uh, you would think so. You know he'll probably slot into the team, but he we won't see Emerson right away. I don't think. I don't know if he's going on duty for Brazil or not. I don't think he is. Um, but. Um, I, I think he's being brought in to be direct competition with Tanganga because um, he's a few years ahead in progression of uh, where Tang he's probably around where they want Tanganga to be in a year or two. Um, yep, so makes sense. Chris, uh, I mean, Austin, Chris says that um, he sees Emerson taking the right back starting spot. Do you see that? Or do you think that it's going to be more, um, more of a 50, 50 battle with uh, Tanganga? I don't think he'll take it right away. I think they'll he'll have to earn it. But we have a Carroll Cup match and two Conference League matches in September. So he will have his chances. They'll probably, you know, I think Tanganga will hold on to the right back spot in the league at first. And Emerson will be given the chance to kind of blood in with those cup matches the way Romero has. Um, but he will have to play pretty soon because, as we'll t I'm sure we'll talk about coming up, we are going to be shorthanded for at least the first half of September uh, due to some of these international fixtures and COVID protocols. So um, if he's able to, to, to play, I mean, he's coming from Spain, so we shouldn't have any quarantine or anything. Uh, he will probably play in cup matches and then we'll see him and Tink. I'm going to battle it out. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, let's just uh, jump straight into um, you know, this, this, the past couple of weeks. We did miss a, a podcast last week. 
Um, life has been pretty hectic for all three of us, but we are going to get into the rhythm of recording. Monday is releasing pods on Tuesdays, um, so we're not going to touch on that Wolves game other than the fact that we got three points. It's always going to be tough for the first couple of the games of the season with fans back into the stands. Um, but at the important part of the day, it, it was a clean sheet and another uh, another win. Um, could have could have been played a lot better. Uh, and some of the things that we touch on from this Watford game, I assume will be kind of in correlation to the Wolves' performance. So we're just going to head straight into this, the Wolves match, or the Watford match, excuse me. Um, talking. We lineup. did, in between those, Colin, um, get past that playoff round as well. With uh, We did. I'm not, I mean, I think the biggest thing to talk about that would be the fact that right before the second leg, Kane comes out and makes a statement about staying at the club, which we're going to address heading right now into the lineup with Kane taking... Uh, a starting role into this this match um, at uh, at home against Watford. Um, Chris, how did you feel about Kane's uh, you know tweet to the fans um, committing his future for this summer at Tottenham? Uh, <laughs> how did you read into that? And then how did you feel about him getting the armband on Thursday and then taking the starting role um, back on Sunday? Um. The tweet, as far as just saying, hey, I'll be here for at least the summer, was basically his way of saying this didn't work out the way I wanted. Um, it was shy of the apology that I think a lot of people want out of him. But it was enough to basically say, look, you're not going to have to we're not going to go through this in January. I'm going to work my tail off, try and get something going here while I'm here and and get back into the team and play and commit this season so that you know I'm not going to drag my ass around the field for an entire season just being a, a baby. And I'm fine with that. I would hope for something like that. And I would hope that the team um, does enough with this season that makes him say, you know what, this isn't just the season. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to finish out and finish out my career here. I hope these days. Um, as far as him getting into the, the Watford game, getting into the starting lineup, that was expected. The moment that he committed to I'm staying and the transfer is not happening, I'm not going to City, we all knew he was going straight back into the starting lineup. Son is better on his left wing position where he needs to be. Kane is our striker. He is Harry Kane. He's going to start. So that's the weirdest part to me was to give him back his captaincy after all that that's the part that i'm kind of thrown off by um now again we're not in the locker room so i don't know what goes on behind closed doors obviously but it's just weird to me to take a guy who's been throwing a hissy fit for the past six weeks about wanting to leave the team and when he finally just says hey you know what i guess I'm better than everybody here, but I can't get out, so I guess I'll stay. And we hand him the armband and make him the captain. I, To me, something had to have happened in the locker room amongst the players where they said, yeah, he's still our captain. We get it, but he's still the leader. So that's the only way that that works out for me. If Nuno does it, it's not going to work out. If the club tries to appoint him, it doesn't work out. To me, that had to have been a player's decision to for the the team to hand him that captaincy that's the only way for me that that works yeah austin how do you feel uh briefly we have, we have to move on to the actual lineup but how do you feel about the the king situation um the only thing i can add to what chris says is one it wasn't six weeks it's been three months of a hissy fit so that's important <laughs> to understand uh but that being said i don't think he ever lost the respect of the players in the in the locker room i don't think he gets the captaincy back or keeps his vice captaincy if um, if he had lost respect to the players. So I think I think it was expected for him to come back in. I don't think it, sit, it didn't sit well with me for him to get the armband, but if the, it, the players decide that, right? So uh, I can understand you it. You got I just, that in your text messages. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just hope that the same philosophy is applied um, now to Ndombele when he, now that he's sticking around after the international break. The players still like Ndombele, and there's been no falling out the players that we know of. So I'm hoping that Nuno puts his arm around Ndombele as well and says, all right, here's your way back in the squad. Because he was he's was quoted as saying the only reason he's not playing is because the situation with him is unsettled. But now it's settled. And so and we have too many matches and are too light in midfield, as we'll talk about, or as I, I hope we talk about. So um, 
I'm not, I'm okay with King coming back in. I'm not going to let it go anytime soon that he made us suffer all summer, but he clearly is here for this year. And I don't doubt his professionalism of him playing hard on the field. Um, but I still think he's gone next summer. So I guess we'll just enjoy him while we have him. And, uh, and hope that he can bring us some some success this year and we can find a striker to replace him next summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised to see him on the field, but yeah. um, I just hope we apply that same uh, philosophy for other players that are sticking around. Yeah, uh, I'm, I assume you're referring to Ndombele. So let's... Or even Arie, if Arie sticks around, Winks is sticking around. Like, there's players that... Well, that Winks, is, Winks is, is, even if we don't, like, even if there's a thought of I mean, Winks has been on the bench in all of these games, or he's made an appearance. Arie and, and Dombley... He, started the, he started the conference league games. And he's came in on the, off the bench uh, against... Yeah. Uh, uh, in the City game, and, and then also in the, the Wolves game, I believe. Right, yep. Yeah. So we just haven't seen the other two anywhere near the squad, other than like and on match days, anyways. But I agree, if you're gonna pay the players and they're gonna be here, they need to be somewhat. Well, we didn't we didn't play Kane until he came out and said that he's he's staying. He didn't play in, in in City or in the first Conference League game, and he played the second that he said he put out a statement saying he's staying. So it, uh, to me, well, to me, it was Nuno waiting waiting no, he, for the situation to go to bed. He played in the in the Wolves game before he made it. He committed. He played. He came on as a sub before. He well, came. so the transfer city had already said they're not. They're not go. Like they're not paying for. Like the, the uh, to me, it, it wasn't his statement. It was the more situation of situation itself. The situation had been resolved, yeah. and they knew that he was going to stay. And so I hope after the international break, with the squad settled, or, or like who's going to be on the squad is 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 here. We see some we see similar things with other players. We have we have too many matches in 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 September to not have certain players play. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have see Kane score some goals this year before he leaves next summer. Like I want to I want to enjoy him as long as we have him. I yeah, I'd be surprised if he I'd be surprised. I, I think a lot depends on how this year unfolds, honestly. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't want to even I think it's my my something I just always say in life is like why worry about that. It's so it's far out. So many things very could happen. Easy to get so many things tied could up in that and dragged down for the next 30 minutes talking about that. If you're, so if you're not careful, exactly. <laughs> so we're we're going to move on to the actual game against Watford. Um, and get we've Harry Kane's had enough of our time this off season. Um, and today, uh, great player. He'll be with us for the season. Score 30 goals, Harry. Let's go. Uh, this Watford game, guys. Um, you know, did we make the right decision? Did Nuno make the right decision, Chris? taking uh, Lucas off the starting 11 and leaving uh, CVB in. Um, what are your thoughts there? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Without hindsight, when you saw the lineup. In hindsight, I I didn't nope, have a problem no, no, no. with it. Without hindsight. Without Sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad. I didn't have a problem with it um, because I knew why. I mean, you're just making room for Kane to be there. So I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it's kind of what I thought would happen. Um, yeah. You thought, it, you thought it would be Lucas, not Stevie? Uh, That's my question. Do you think it should be Lucas or Stevie? Because I think Sun's also a little bit more ineffective coming on. I'll be uh, honest with you. At this right. point, I, I honestly think it should be Lucas. Um, Just because we've gotten more product from Lucas over the past probably what year to 18 months. I think we've seen more positivity from Lucas. I think the club as a, as a whole obviously sees Bergvon as a more of a long term because he is younger. And you know, what is Lucas like 29 now? I think 29. He looks like he's 34. He's yeah. He much, looks he's like he's getting into his 40s. I think he's looked 34 since he was 19. He has, he's lost. He's been losing his hair since he was in his early, early twenties. Really? I can, I can relate. Lucas's ability, like some of Lucas his, his abilities, are just, right now? they lend themselves better to. Uh, we're getting more from him now than we are from Bergvine as far as in product. And that's been the struggle for Bergvine as a whole. That being said, I think the objective of getting Bergvine these starts and getting it is trying to get him going, trying to get him yeah. that goal that start that jump starts things for him. Yeah. Um, other than that, the lineup stayed the same. You know, it was very much the same midfield three that we're going to really 
kind of discuss for about I want to talk about for about five minutes here. Um, so, uh, you know, the midfield three is the biggest talk, I think, amongst most Spurs fan. The biggest uh, frustration is the lack of creativity in that midfield. Um, Austin, I'm going to give this to you, uh, talking about our midfield three of Deli, Skip, and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. Um, what is um, what are your thoughts here? I'll give me two minutes. What are your thoughts on the um, the midfield three that we've seen the first three Premier League games of the season? I think Nuno's making the best out of what he has available to him for his first few games. I think he set up against City a certain way and it worked. Um, but he hasn't had a lot of options to change that up in the other two uh, Premier League games. So I understand it. Moving forward, it's not a sustainable solution for the rest of the season. Um, skipping Hoybeer has been playing okay on that right side and he can drop a shoulder and get past the player, but he doesn't have much ability to create anything. Once he does, uh, three or four times, you know, he'll get past the player, get towards the inline stop and pass back. He doesn't have that cutting ball that to cut inside or to, or to cross it. You know, it's just not his, it's just not his skill set. He needs to be playing where skips playing and we need a more dynamic player on that right side. Delhi has a lot of strengths and is really resurgent uh, with his work rate. And he still makes great movement off the ball, but he's not a good dribbler through the midfield. He's never been. He He's good with flare dribbles, but he's not good at dropping his shoulder, holding players off, resisting a press. Um, and against Wolves, for the first 70 minutes, we were not the better team on the pitch because they, they, they pressed the crap out of us. And we had no ability to play through the midfield. And then against Watford, they didn't outpress us, but we still did not progress the ball through the midfield. We were constantly passing it to Skipper Hoybeer to get it over to Tanganga and hope that Tanganga was somehow going to get the ball to one of our forwards. Uh, after 70 minutes, Lucas came on and helped us dribble through that midfield a little bit better. And we held on to the game late because we just kept the ball away from Watford effectively. But we need a player that can be press resistant in that midfield even more so than being a dynamic passer, I think, because Nuno is is putting a lot of faith and trust in our three forwards to link up together and and not rely, relying on them to give too much defensive cover. So I trust, you know, having Sun, Kane, and insert third forward here to create at least enough. But we need an outlet to relieve pressure from the defense, and we need an outlet to hold off a press because there's a lot of good pressing teams in the Premier League now. So whether that's Lo Celso or Ndombele, or if news in the next 19 hours, we get another midfielder that can do that, uh, we need somebody in that in that three that has that dribbling skill set because it's not any of the three that are currently playing. Um, that's kind of my, that's my worry that we're bypassing the midfield the same way we did under Jose, and it works. So at times, but it also brings more pressure onto your defense. And while we're playing better right now, we know what it's like if we invite too much pressure onto the likes of Dyer and Sanchez over and over again. Um, and I think at some point we need more dynamic play out of that midfield to shield the back line and to get the ball forward. Yeah. Uh, Chris, briefly, your thoughts on the, the midfield three um, of Delhi, Skip, and Pierre. Um, when it comes to um, matches like, like this against Watford? Uh, what Austin is saying is we kind of need a release valve, like a player who can be the one to, as those center backs kick it out, they need a player that they can immediately look up to who can immediately begin the transition from defense forward to attack the way Musa used to do back in the day is it was impossible to get the ball off of him and he was able to pass and be creative. So we're looking for some sort of release valve to keep pressure off of, like like Austin was just saying, we know what's going to happen. If teams are able to just pile pressure onto Sanchez and Dyer, they will eventually collapse. We will start seeing those errors again. Right now we're not seeing them because Skip and Hoybeer are so good at shielding, but we're giving up the creative aspect of a midfield in order to have that extra shielding, and that's unsustainable over the long term. Eventually problems will arise from our inability to create anything moving forward. So it's going to have to be, uh, I, I'm, and I don't know if Austin touched on this while I was stepping away, but I, I, I'm really happy to see Ndombele staying because that's kind of his speciality is being that release valve player that can be creative and push the ball forward. Um, Winks. I, I heard you guys mention him a second ago. I, 
he's a bench player. He's a role player in our lower league game. So get in there. But that's that's our big thing for the midfield. Um, I like the skip Hoybeer Delhi midfield three. It's just I don't think it's a sustainable midfield because Skip and Hoybeer are made to drop deep. Delhi is made to get forward, and it creates a big hole in the midfield where there is no transitional box-to-box midfielder that can bridge the gap from forward to attack. So we end up being the going back to the the lumping the ball forward and hoping somebody gets underneath it, and that's in the long term it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um... Still got to be impressed with that back four so far. No, so I'm really happy with the back four. No, line. yeah, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying we no. as, as Spurs fans have to be impressed. Three clean sheets. Um, Three clean you know. sheets. is a big part of that, right? Because the right back position has been a sort a source of heartache for uh, heartburn for us for for a couple years now. And I think Tanganga playing so much better and giving us more defensive solidity on that right side helps Sanchez out a lot. And then having yeah. Dyer play a conservative center back role I think helps a lot too, because Sanchez is allowed to do his one-on-one defending and Dyer. The game has been simple. Nuno has simplified the game for Dyer. He, I don't think he's lost a header in the first three matches. Uh, He's playing out of his skin. Um, So I think, I think Nuno is, is is putting them in in positions to succeed. Is that what you've noticed, Colin? Yeah, I think Tengara has been good. I don't think, I don't think he was as good uh, Sunday as he was uh, against City, obviously. Oh, yeah, his City was his best game for sure. He yeah. wasn't great against he wasn't Watford. Bad he wasn't bad against and, and Wolves. He, he, he just wasn't great. Honestly, you know, Wolves, uh, Watford played uh, a style of a very counter-attacking style. They had a lot of pace on the wings. They wanted to, to try to exploit our, our fullbacks. And from what I saw, we did a pretty good job, job of... Um, of, of staying wide and, and keeping pressure to where anytime uh, this is more like surge uh, or not surge uh, Regulon on the um, the left hand side but anytime Sar got the ball Regulon was right there not allowing him any time to to turn um, but yeah I think it's a lot of Nuno just simplifying the game for those center backs so uh, yeah I, I'm not I'm not saying that uh, this is this this is a recipe to win the league but still three games nine points three clean sheets. That's a, a very impressive thing for Nuno to do, especially with our expectations leading into the season. Um, anything else you want to touch on this game? I mean, obviously the Sun goal, a little bit of luck there. Um, sided that keeper. It's, completely it's a, it's sided It's a very, it. very <laughs> tough play for a keeper there. You don't know if someone's going to get a touch on it or not. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I still think the keeper should make that save. He not, should. <laughs> we, we created three, three <laughs> clear-cut opportunities and didn't score on those, but then we scored from the second yeah. kick. But, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to watch the second half. I know there were some chances in the second half we probably should have yeah. put away as well. So that could have been two to three, two or three nil. But I think the, the thing about you know a lot of the talks, especially I think in even our group chat, is that there's a lot of people comparing this style to, to Mourinho's style of play, but um, not to not to go back and. and to continue to talk about Mourinho, but sometimes when we, when we would score a goal and go up one nil, we would just sit back. I think we still produced a lot of quality chances in the second you know, half. We got well, I think the difference is that Nuno tells his front three to stay up there, but we still are defending deep. I mean, we, for most of the game, we have seven players behind the ball. We, we leave the other three up top. Uh, all of the opportunities that we created, even Delhi's chance, were not created by the midfield. They're created by, our forwards receiving the ball deep, driving through the heart of the defense and getting them to turn their backs. Um, so, I mean, our forwards are still creating everything. And if that's going to be the game plan, it's going to be the game plan. But um, I, I, I'm st- I think that tactically the, the way that we're most like Mourinho is that we're not even trying to play the ball through the midfield. And most of the time on Mourinho, we, we kind of gave up the midfield as well. And so I'm hoping that's not the long-term strategy. I have a feeling Nuno just did in the first three games what he had to do with the players available to him. And so you got to tip your hat to Nuno in that case, if that's, if that's it, right. That yeah. he, he had to use the, the resources available to him and we got three wins. Can we, can we, can we rely on 38, one, no wins? Probably not, but Hey, we have three. So. Yeah. And I would take them if that's. <laughs> <laughs> take one, no wins. I really don't. That part doesn't bother me. One thing, did you guys, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, we talked a lot about last season about the back line and leading into the summer about the back line needing more leadership. But all credit to Dyer, he has actually taken up that role a little, a lot, much better than he did last season. 
And I think, like Austin was saying, that um, the way Nuno has kind of simplified the position for him has allowed him to be a little bit more of a leader in the back line because I've, I've noticed in some of the games, like mm-hmm. um, just against Watford, as uh, <clears throat> Brian comes onto the field, as Hill comes on at the end, the player that goes over and talks to him to give him some guidance as he comes onto the pitch is Dyer, who also speaks Spanish. Um, he's speaking to players. He's yelling. He's more vocal. He's being more of the backline leader that we were hoping we would get last season when I think he just had the crap kicked out of him and not to drag our old manager back into this, but we're seeing a slightly different player. Now, whether or not he can keep that up, if he can, then it it changes my perspective of Eric Dyer completely. Same thing with the way Devin Davinson Sanchez has changed my perspective on him in these three games. So we'll see if these guys can maintain this. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Dyer can because he's he's not being asked to do too much. The the Dyer that makes mistakes is the Dyer that's running around trying to do everything like Bugs Bunny in the in the famous baseball cartoon, right? Like that's when he makes mistakes is when he's trying to do too much. He sits back, he's the interceptor, he wins headers, and he organizes, and he's been doing it very well the first three games. I don't see any reason why he can't keep that form up, because he's not being asked to go do everything, or he doesn't feel like he needs to. He has a very, he clearly has a clearly defined role in that back line, and that's making him a better player, and I, I think that's great coaching by Nuno, is is what it seems like to me. So Yeah. Quick thing that I was also just thinking about in terms of, of tactics, and I know we'll get into the whole Ndombele situation later on, but uh, as you guys probably know, I play a shit ton of FIFA, um, <laughs> and I was building kind of – I was just taking our lineup and just kind of building a team around what we have right now and just looking at that midfield three and how I would change it. Um, I don't know your guys' thoughts on who you bring out of that midfield. Because I think Ndombele is going to get in there. In my head, and you guys tell me if you agree with this, I think that midfield three ends up being Delhi playing that swinging role he's got right now, where he starts as the box-to-box guy on the left and then swings into the attacking mid spot when we move forward. Um, Hoybier ends up being more the skip role, what Skip's doing right now, where he drops down and plays the defensive spot. Ndombele slots in kind of in between the two off to the right where he is more the box-to-box runner that Hoybier is doing in, in the future. Like, that's the way I see the midfield shaping up probably post-international break. Does that kind of jibe, I guess? I, uh, Austin, I'll give you this quickly, but then we got to move on. Austin, go ahead. No, I think that's definitely – if if Ndabla is going to get back in the squad, that's what's going to happen. Because Ocelso is meant to play that le- – he, he for Argentina – where he's excelled is playing off of that left-hand side of a midfield three and then becoming the attacking midfielder in the attacking phase of the game. So he and Delhi can rotate very well, very seamlessly off in that role. Uh, and then Ndombele can play on the right, and we have Skip and Hoybier that can trade off playing either that center role or the right role. Like we, we, we can ha- Hoybier has been playing on the right. Skip could play there as well. And then Winks can just fill in wherever, if we ever need Winks to fill in. But we basically, have, goes. <laughs> we basically have Hoybier and Skip that can play two roles. And Domble that can play on the right. And then Los Celso and Deli that can both play on the left. And I think I think that is, that's that's probably the reason why Nuno has chosen the system he has. Uh, and let's hope, I mean, let's hope that, that Ndombele comes in and he, he takes that spot. I mean, not that I don't want Skip to play, but Skip's going to have plenty of opportunities to play this year. It's not like... And it's not like he's played so in crazy outstandingly well in the past few matches, especially Watford. He had some he had some rough moments that he 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 shouldn't be starting every match anyways. We've talked about this in the first pod with uh with Tanganga and Skip. They they're gonna need some rotation because we don't want to put too much on their shoulders right off the bat. So I kind of agree with you there, Chris. Um I don't think Ndombele starts after the international break, if that's what your question was. I don't think he's coming was. right Oh, he's not starting after the palette. break. No. no, no I, think that, I think, I think what Chris said was, what does he see us happening after the international break? And mine, or, or what are you saying, what would you like us to see? I think more I think in the long I think, term, that's Like, the where case. we're moving towards. I think, I, yeah, that's where we're moving towards. I, do, I don't see him coming back, because I, I don't, he doesn't have the match fitness to come right back back in right now. We up. have two conference even, games and a Carabao Cup game. I those are where he's going to start. 
right yeah. there. He's going to get in on those games and then work his way into the starting lineup eventually. Doesn't Dombley have to, doesn't Dombley have to make an apology like Kane did on Twitter? Uh, Ndombele didn't do a golf course interview and refused to nope. come to training. So no, I don't think he does. No, he's good. He's, he's made fine. no public statements about not wanting to go. He's he's it's been said he has, but he didn't do anything to the level Kane did. So no. he, he I don't think he needs to make. The it. He's not a player that makes him. public statements himself. anyways. Yeah, Kane Kane didn't get fined for uh, not showing up for training. Don't you think the club would have fined him if that was the case? And the, the, the club never made a public statement. I was just, I just read this the other day when someone was talking about the Kane situation. There's about definitely the Florida, something going on. And he, that was we still, didn't know. he was still training with like a Tottenham, uh, Tottenham training staff in Florida. Um, and if you don't show up to training, you usually you normally get fined by your club. So I think there's just yeah. a lot of. Well, I think it's strange that Spurs didn't come out and defend Kane if if he was doing what he was supposed to be doing either. Like it's weird that they didn't come out either way of it, right? Like they yeah, didn't yeah. come out and. I, th- I think that whole situation was strange, and I think the fact that Kane waited five days to say anything either is because he didn't know what to say or he thought the club was going to speak on his behalf, and the club didn't. So there's something definitely strange going on there, but um, I-, I don't think Ndombele has never made public statements, really, so I don't think he needs to say anything. I think if Nuno says Ndombele is here, he's committed, That's that we've been hearing things from Nuno directly. So I, I would expect that's where we would hear something. Yeah. And he, but take it, Ndombele has said he wants to leave, right? We all know the page that he does want to leave. I mean, it's 19 hours left now, but he has voice a, a desire I, to leave the club. I 100% believe that he has told them, like, hey, if a move can be engineered to get me away and it's one, one of these clubs, clubs yep. then I want to go. But if it's – but, I mean, honestly. It's tough. If it's you're The clubs player, he wants to go to are broke. Yeah, if you're right. any player and you're – I mean, any player in the world is going to say, hey, if Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Bayern Munich come for me, I want to go. Like, that's yeah. any player's wish. I, 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 That part I completely get. I just – And, I don't, and again, there's a difference between saying that privately and having it leaked via, you know, Ali Gold or somebody and going out three matches before the end of the season and having an interview with, with Gary Neville on a golf course saying that, that you're thinking about your – your options next summer like those are completely different one is what every player does they say things privately to their chairman or their director of football or their manager and then maybe it gets leaked to journalists and another one is publicly coming out and telling your club that you want to leave them before the season's over Uh, i mean they're different they're just different situations it's Kane has built up six years of goodwill six plus years of goodwill and i get the fans wanting to 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 open their arms to him and i'm not saying that's the wrong move but I don't. I think more has been made about Ndombele's. I think he's in manic and he's hard to connect to for the fans, and I think that's why so much is being made about it. I think what we'll see after the international break is he starts getting brought back into the squad, either cup games or whatever, and by Christmas, it's like nothing had happened. I mean, I, I really think this is going to be much to do about nothing, and and that was what, that's my, that, that's been my position for a while. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. If I'm not wrong, I want to say that's kind of what happened last season. Because yep. last season, he wanted to go during the summer. Um, Jose convinced him to stay. Jose goes in, talks to him, starts training him personally, convinces him to stay. And then he plays. And he plays well. And then this season, Jose gets fired. So he's got to start all over. And, and here we and are again. Let's keep in mind that a lot of people are making a, – again, I love that Delhi has this resurgence going on right now. And that he went to a personal fitness camp over the summer and stuff. Ndombele did the same exact thing last year to get himself ready for the Premier League season, had zero injuries, played in 40-plus games, was a main player for us. I mean, you have to put yourself in his position. He worked his ass off to get back in the squad, got into the French national team in March for World Cup qualifiers. Then Mason comes in, refuses to play him after one game, and he's not in the Euro squad. I mean, if you're in Dombele and you and you went through all of that to get yourself into the squad and to commit yourself, and then your club kind of ruins your chances at getting going to play in the Euros, I kind of understand him saying, hey, if an offer comes in, listen to it. I mean, we're not faulting Harry Kane for saying that, right? So I don't understand why we would fault Ndombele for it. Now, if he refuses to play after the international break and pouts, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to you got to put yourself – if we're willing to put ourselves in Kane's shoes of why wouldn't he want to move to City, 
then we got to be able to put our, ourselves in anomaly shoes and say his two years here, the club's been in shit state and unstable as like crazy unstable. And Mason basically cost him a chance at the Euros because Sissoko, who Mason played, went to the Euros and Dombley didn't. And he was just in the team in March. He started World Cup qualifiers for them in March. So the only thing that happened between there was he got dropped from the team when Mason came in. So, I mean, I think I think we'll see him play after the international break um, in some capacity. I think he'll start getting appearances. but He'll start rotating we'll in at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to transfer transfer window closing in 19 hours. We have to do some ins and outs here. Um, the outs that, that we need to talk about, Sissoko is no longer a Tottenham Hotspur player. He's already Goat. played against us. He's actually <laughs> played against us already. So, Did you um, see what that, how that happened, by the way? It was a snafu on Spurs' side. Did you see that? I think, they, the, the, I think Watford registered him before he was actually signed, right? Was it that, or did Spurs get the deadline wrong and they I read the chance for like Watford an hour was, earlier than they thought they needed yeah, to? I read, I read Watford Registered was him moving this, the transfer along and just said, you know what, go ahead and register him and hope they got it. The and deal let's hope we get this deal done. And then when it happened, they were like, cool, he's already registered. Yeah. So <laughs> even if um, even if the transfer had fallen through. Suzuko would have been ineligible to play because he had been registered for two teams. He would have been out for the Watford game. Yeah, like, I'm just so glad he didn't score against us. Like you know, uh, how how nervous were you that he was going to score like a 30 yard belter against us? I wasn't. You know, I've seen Suzuko shoot. I was well, we not saw worried at all. We saw him shoot from distance in that match. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't worried about it either. Last um, one into the upper stands. I was not worried. Now, I'm, but, am I sad but, to see Suzuko go? So, in a weird way, yes, but uh, no. I, I hated the commentators on Peacock, but they did. They were pretty funny when they said, this is a large stadium. So I don't know if it's exactly Rosette, but it's definitely in the second tier. <laughs> <laughs> but Colin, to your point, so we don't get too sidetracked, Arie is the big name, right, left on the outs list. Um, I think our, our preseason outlet, our, our pre-summer outs list that included Winks and Davies and Doherty are not likely to leave, but REA is the one that we're actively shopping. Uh, is, is that what you guys have seen as well? I mean, yeah, we, now that we have four right backs, definitely it has to be REA. The problem is, from what I've ex- what I've seen, there's only one destination really that's even brought up, and that's Lil, and that, that would mean Atletico has to come in and take um, that right back that, that Lil so has. But isn't Lil the the arch rival of the team he played for? In, yes, in France, he came up through the Rens system. He is diehard Rens. He posted a thing on his Instagram that to the Rens fans, basically saying, "I'm red and gold, or blood and gold." Actually, is their colors blood and gold? Through and through. That's a little um, aggressive. Which was his way of saying, I'm not going to Lille. Like, can you Even imagine if, they, if, like, Arsenal came in to try to buy Lamella next season? Could you ever see Lamella wearing an Arsenal kit? No, he. I think he would turn it down. And I would expect that. And I would yeah. respect it. I, I. Well, that just means that R.A. Yeah. is going to be a right back for Tottenham Hotspur this season. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be <laughs> on the list. Back, so. So we're, so we're basically the 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 England squad uh, at the Euros, right? Where we just take all the right backs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I still think Ari is better than Darty. For just if we're being honest, uh, Darty's fourth in the packing order. I think yeah, Darty is bottom of that list. I've never That's... watched Emerson play a lot game live, and I'm already going to put Darty as fourth on this <laughs> on the depth chart. Uh, other than that, I mean, other, I mean, unless there's a you know, Ndombele and Ari are the only two that I think are still on the on the block looking for a home. In the next 19 hours, I don't think either one of them leave though, unless something crazy happens. The club but, have stated that they that they they don't. That Romano and Gold have both said that the club have have stopped trying to shop in Dombele now because there's no op, there's no um, there's no solution at the at the there's clubs. There's no that viable option to. that's going to pay the money we want <coughs> and be a club that that he will also go to. Uh, so I. Well, this was same, a, it's the same for RA. So I'm just repeating that those are the yeah. only two players. I'm not saying that either one are leaving. I'm saying neither nah. were, those are the only two players on the block, and there's not a home for either one of them. Is what it looks Actually, like. Actually, I read a thing earlier that if um if the they Doherty could find could probably, a, yeah, yeah if they could find a place for Doherty to go they that they would ship him out too, but nobody wants him. It's just a that's another, another it's another old right back right in late twenties twenty he's twenty nine he's twenty nine right? going on thirty yeah. yep. 
Um, RA so, could still do a job for us. RA could still very much do a job for us. I think he gets a lot of slack, but. So I think that we're kind of this is our squad. I mean, we have Emerson coming in. I don't think that we have any. I think I don't, we're not really rumored with any ends coming in right now. I think there was a some a chance uh, of that. What's that midfielder from um, Leon Aurora? Arau? There's a, a, a slight a chance that he pushes. There's also, I mean, it's, as far as inbounds coming. Emerson looks to be done, but I, until I see him wearing a shirt, I'm not going to say anything that he's done because this has been a weird window. But, I mean, um, there's talk that uh, Adama Traore might still be pushing to try and get Spurs to come for him. He hired, he hired Mendez. He, he went and hired Jorge Mendez to try and broker this deal so that Jorge Mendez can sell Wolves another midfielder to replace him so that he can go. Um, there's some rumors now that we're in a fight with, uh, United for, who is it? Ruben Neves at Wolves as well. Um, which I I was actually talking to you guys earlier. I was texting about it. Um, I'm kind of wondering now if the Triori rumors are really just us shopping for Neves or vice versa, because I've read multiple times from multiple reports who've worked with Partici that, he out and out lies about his transfer targets and who he's actually going for. So there's a good chance that he was aiming for one of these guys and somebody asked him and he just said, uh, that guy, I'm Triori. Yeah, we're looking for Triori, even though he's trying to get Neves and just didn't want to ruin his position. So there's a good chance that tomorrow morning could still be pretty wild as far as maybe a random inbound transfer that just astounds the mind. Where he's going to get the money from, I don't know. We have to but. keep in mind that we are two players over our non-homegrown limit now uh, when we bring Emerson in. So we were all under the assumption, well, Sissoko did leave, but we're all under the assumption that Aria would just not be registered anyways. But it also means that we would have to have somebody else not be registered in order to have uh, Brian Hill uh, be registered. So uh, in the Premier League, we're not as as stuck because Doherty counts as homegrown in the Premier League um, or club trained in the Premier League, but he doesn't count for that in UEFA. Um, and same with Davies uh, the Swan, being from Swan, uh, from the Swansea Academy, but um, in, 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 it may not matter in Europe, but we are over our limit of non-homegrown players um, now bringing Emerson in. So I would expect some, I mean, if there's anything that can be done, we would probably sell REA at a cut rate price if, if we can find it. It's just, we we are we do have a bloated, even more bloated squad now than we did before <laughs> the summer. I feel like, um, yes. so yeah. And, uh, and Carter Bickers still hasn't found a home either, and that ankle injury may have ruined that because there was a lot of 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 championship and lower Premier League tables that teams that were looking at him, and all of those have went quiet because he screwed his ankle up in in Conference League play. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's true. Because he's like 25. That guy needs to go. <laughs> I think it's 23. Yeah, 24. he's been at Spurs for a while, but yeah, he needs he needs a move to where he needs to be playing, which is lower prem or or championship. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's only he's, he's only 23. He's just been at the club forever, it seems. He's um, an academy guy. But that being said, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Somebody offered me the chance to be a championship quality center back. For a career, I would 100% take it. If somebody told yeah. me right now you can go have a 10-year career in the championship as a top-quality championship center they back, they still make I tons of money. Totally do it. So this is not a slide on Cameron Carter-Vickers. He's just not at the level that Spurs need for the level where we championships need to be. better than than MLS, right? So I mean, yeah, I mean he goes to MLS. He's hands down one of the best defenders in the league right off the bat. Like it wouldn't even be a close comparison um so yes I, i'm really hoping i was really hoping that the whole bournemouth thing would work out for him maybe newcastle or something like that but or even i think celtic even came to talk about him i either way i was hoping a move would happen for that kid and to see him bust his ankle and now everything falls apart right when he seems to be moving in the right direction for him is just kind of why you it's don't play sad. players or shopping yeah Funny, I just I just saw um, that Arsenal also wanted to sign Emerson, but the player wanted to join Spurs. Well, I'm, well, I'm not sure they were what offering they mean by Hector that. Was... Be- well, they were offering Hector Bellowing as the make weight, and Barcelona literally said, nah, we're good. 
Yeah. <laughs> that that was what? what I was referring to as Komen saying he wasn't looking for a right back, even if they sell Emerson. He's like, no, 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 no. You can you can offer us what we don't want Bellerin. We we don't we don't want him. Uh, because and they last on the table. Nobody wants. We offered right more back. money than Arsenal, and Emerson wanted to stay at Barcelona, but we offered more money than Arsenal did. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I can talk. I can talk for a while, but the 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 drama and the sadness that is the Arsenal Football Club right now. But this is not an Arsenal podcast, so we'll do that off air. Um, anything else to touch on? We were heading into international transfer or international transfer. Oh, so many transfer talks. Went ahead. Well, let's not, let's not. Let's, let's not. Let's not. Let's just talk about the big thing that came to the Premier League. Well, I was like, going to say, yeah. Uh, let's talk about movie. Cristiano Ronaldo to United. Um, what do you guys think about that move, Austin, Chris? Well, well Ronaldo, it's not just Ronaldo. They also got Jaden Sancho and, and Rafa Varane. I mean, um, yeah, and Daniel it, James is now a Leeds player, which I think that would, will fit him nicely as well. Oh, yeah, it will. But, I mean, United have gotten three superstars in one window. One young superstar, one established uh, superstar center, center back. back, and then the arguably the biggest superstar, right? Um, it's... It, it, it's equal parts screams Glazier desperation of wanting marketable players, but also desperation to not let City just completely drown them in, in well, their own city. You so, saw the whole uh, thing about how the Glazers basically said, we can't let Ronaldo go to City. Otherwise, our, plan, our, our fans will, you know, drag us out into the streets. Like, that, uh, yeah. that was their feeling was, if we let Cristiano Ronaldo go play for City... The marquee player that United has produced in the last, what, 20 years, I would say. He's their big, like, this is the guy. Um, to see him in a City shirt would absolutely devastate their fans. They'd never get him back. Don't so, you feel so bad for Pep? He, so bad for Pep. He still can't get a striker, guys. Like, shouldn't we just have, like, all play side violins for Pep Guardiola? He still just can't get a striker. Oh, and he keeps just throw it, just playing this I'm so struggling card. And that's what makes it so bad is he keeps playing it as just, oh, a what? billion no pounds help spent us. in five years. And somehow he still doesn't have a striker like oh, it must be really tough to be Pep Guardiola. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, our United, I think, are the, are the team to beat. if I was going to. Uh, we know we need to pick that. Let's do that. Let's do that real quick. Anything else about the transfer window? Chris Austin, you want to touch nah, on from, from the whole from the Premier says. League? Well, I mean, Messi, Messi did move in the transfer window as well, yeah. and Mbappe did not move. So PSG literally have Neymar, Mbappe, Messi as their front three. So um, good luck to City in winning the Champions League this year, um, which is the only trophy they care about at this point in time. So um, we almost will take the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll take a Premier League trophy if they're just going to. Leave it out there for anybody to grab. I'll take it. Oh, and the last funny story, which we won't even talk about, but Bayern Munich, literally, RB Leipzig literally lost their best player, their best center back, and their coach all to Bayern Munich in one window. Who was their center uh, back they lost? Uh, Upa Meccano. Oh, yeah. And their and coach. Sabitzer, right? Yeah. And they, I think they lost them all for like a combined like 70 mil. <laughs> And yet, yeah. people defend the Bundesliga being a competitive league. But let's not talk about that. No, we're not going to talk about the Bundesliga on a Tottenham podcast. But the bully, uh, the bully. Uh, okay, let's let's do predictions. We forgot to do this beginning of the season, and I think it's important. And we have three games uh, in in the books to to give us a little head start. Let's go top four. Who are the top four? <laughs> Put the beer down, Austin. Who will be the top four? Austin, you're going to have to write this down for us, please, so we can track yep. this. Um, and then who are the three teams that will be getting relegated? I'll give you guys both a second to pull up the current table if you need to, just so you have all the teams um, that you need to see. And so we're doing I, top four and bottom three? Top four and bottom three in order. Um Bottom three don't really count, matter about an order, but top four, let's put them in order if if possible. Um, and who would like to go first? I'll go. All right, Chris, hit us, hit us with it. Right, just jumping straight into it. Um, first off, I think Chelsea are probably going to win the league. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I I see the whole no striker thing coming back to bite Pep in the ass. 
So um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the wire. But I think Chelsea, like, that's just a really good team. Um, I think the United team is going to struggle to gel. They're probably going to be, and when I say struggle, I mean they're going to be like third. Um, so I think Chelsea end up first, City end up second, United end up third, and I feel like fourth is going to be the one that's up for grabs, and I think that's where I will say we slide in, is fourth. Um, yeah, so we end up in a Champions League spot, but fourth. I just don't think we're at the level to compete with Chelsea and City just yet, and United have pieced together. Now next year, I think United will have a will will gel much better, but that's another story. Um, bottom of the table, I would love to say that it stays right where it is right now, <laughs> <laughs> and that if it did, I don't care. I wouldn't care if we finished uh, fifth, uh, if Arsenal finished twentieth. Um, I think Norwich is going down. I, I don't see them staying up. Um, who else? I think Brentford are going to go down. Um, and who else? I would tie it up between either Burnley or... Uh, it's, tough to, it's tough to pick a third team. To go down, maybe Watford. I mean, it, it may be Watford. Um, I I don't see Newcastle sticking around there long. Um, Leeds, I think, you, will rebound. You know, so yeah. You know, all three teams that just got promoted aren't getting relegated. Usually one stays. Usually. Usually one, stays. one sticks it out. It's tough to pick out which one of those three it'll be right now. It's really tough to say which one of those will like Nor Norwich are obviously terrible. They're bad. I, don't, I think that's harsh. Norwich had a really tough schedule. They played. Yeah, yeah they, I mean they, they did. They played Liverpool, yeah, City, okay. and Leicester to start the season. That's a really brutal okay, schedule. Okay, okay, we that's need a, a thirteen, Chris. We need that's a thirteen. A beat down. I'm not. Um, it's your, I still think Norwich end up going down. Are if you they picking Norwich, Brentford, and Watford? Yes, we'll go with that. Okay. Interesting Brentford choice too. All right, Austin, you're up next. I'm going to start with the relegated teams. Um, I, I I think it, it's harsh, but I just – I don't have a lot of faith in the Norwich team either, uh, that Norwich side. I think Skip was a heartbeat of theirs last season, and it's 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 been – and they've they lost um, one of their main attacking talents as well. So I think Norwich are going to lack firepower. Um, I don't think they're going to be like last year's um, Sheffield team, Sheffield United team, but – I think I think they're they're gonna lack enough firepower. I think this could be the year that we see Newcastle go back down. Um, yeah. I don't I, I just haven't really bought into any of the any of the moves they've made, and they struggled last year as well. Uh, Burnley are gonna be towards the bottom of the table, but Burnley are like that like that rash that you just can't seem to get rid of that just always hangs around. I think Burnley are just gonna stick around in like fifteenth all year. Uh, so then my third team is actually going to be I uh I honestly think Watford. Um they have they have some talent in that team and I mean we just played them and we didn't play them off the pitch by any means but um I don't think they've done enough. I think Brentford are going to attack enough and will probably duke it out and stick around. I I think Watford um are just aren't going to have the consistency um to hang around so i'm gonna go norwich and watford will go back down but the third team will be newcastle okay. uh and then for top four i think united are going to win the league this year um uh it wasn't a super impressive performance uh this weekend but they have ronaldo coming in the squad um they've got uh Varane who's just started playing for them and is going to really help that back line they're deep across every area of the pitch uh, they still have, in my opinion, the most effective center attacking mid in the league. Uh, they can score goals, and they have a lot of depth in midfield. Um, I mean, Vanderbeek doesn't even get a look into this team, right? So I think United are actually going to take it this year. I see Chelsea finishing second and City finishing third, and then I think Liverpool will hang on to the fourth spot. 
Okay. Uh, I don't, I hope my predictions are wildly wrong, by the way. And that, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go with my head, not my heart here, because last year I was a little too. Uh, little I too, may yeah. have used my heart a little bit in my predictions. <laughs> I'm going at the opposite. I'm trying to reverse jinx myself. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go quickly. United one, Tottenham two, Chelsea three, City four, Liverpool five. Bold with the Spurs in second. We didn't ask for five, but who was three and four? <laughs> United one, Tottenham two, Chelsea three, City four. Interesting. You're and buying then... into these three one no wins. I'm buying into. We haven't even really seen our new signings yet. We haven't even began to peak. So I think that a lot of this is like we didn't really talk about. Well, let me let me do my relegation and I'll tell you why. Uh, relegated teams. Um, man, it's just really hard because three games. Newcastle. <laughs> just pick three random teams from yeah, the bottom. Of the table. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go Newcastle, Norwich, um, and Southampton. Ooh. Ooh. Southampton? Ouch. Southampton losing Danny Ings. That's a lot of goals yeah. that they're missing. And they Southampton. Lost, they also lost Vestergaard. Oh, Southampton were to drop. Southampton drops. That team will get picked clean. I'm not like those sure. players they, they, will they just get, get, they already, get. They already do get picked clean. They get picked clean James every season. But James Ward Cross is really the only player that I think you would even you'd really want from that squad right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think you want Shane Long, Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott, no one really wants. I mean, I was kind of look Kyle Walker Peters, maybe, and we'll go to the lower. Walker Peters will stick in the stick around in the Premier League. He's too good to not. But so yeah, I'll go Norwich, Southampton, and uh, so we all picked Norwich. Two of us picked Newcastle. uh, Two of us picked Watford. Interesting. Only one of us put picked Liverpool for top four, and everyone picked United. And City and Chelsea to be in the top four. That's interesting. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, real quick, what I was going to say is I think we just need to give some credit to Nuno. The fact that he has had a very, pretty, a very difficult offseason. His, his, the star player, the poster boy of Tottenham, he's had to deal with that for since he's came on in July. Um, all the media pressure. So not knowing if you'd actually have him on the team. And then in Dombele, your star midfielder, not knowing what that situation is. And he's still yeah. been able to get a lot out of this team. Three wins, three results. So I think that it's only going to get better once the transfer window is closed. He knows what he has to work with, and there's not a lot of uh, you know pressure from the media. So that's kind of my my far fetched not, dream hopes of them of us finishing second place. Not to mention he came in after a disastrously publicly disastrous uh, manager search as well. So I mean, well, yeah, he wasn't even you know he was like maybe the sixth choice. So uh, once again, I could be wrong. None of us are going to be right. I mean, maybe. But usually hey, man, these are being recorded so we can we can figure out at the new year on January 1st how horribly wrong we are. Last last question and then I want to get out of here. Uh, where will Arsenal finish the season, Austin? Well, you know, they finished eight two seasons running. So, you know, money could be eight. I think am I picking a specific spot in the table? Oh, yeah. Spot. Oh, write this down too. Arsenal. <laughs> For each of us, um, I'm gonna say ninth. Okay, Chris. Um, keep it simple. I'm gonna say they wander back into eighth position again. <laughs> I'm gonna go eleventh. Ooh, <laughs> from your lips to God's ears. Uh, I don't think it's they get like... ahead of. I don't think they get ahead of any of the big six. And by big six, I'm saying Leicester's now replaced Arsenal in the big six. And the uh, season end on my birthday with that being right there, that would be just be. I don't think they get ahead of Everton. I don't think they get ahead of um, West Ham. That's eight teams there, and then I'm just kind of hoping some two, two, two other teams. What's... Leeds, Leeds. Uh, who knows? Brentford, Villa, something. Give What's sad about my prediction for Arsenal is that I think they'll carry on like this until November, just being awful. To get our hopes up. They'll fire Arteta like in November, maybe early December, bring in like – I'm trying to think of what big-name manager they can find, whoever they Con- can get. Conte is the only one out there, but no way Conte's taking that job. Not right now. Um, So they bring in another manager. That manager, quote-unquote, writes the ship, and they, they still, still only manage eighth. 
That's well. So, so do you guys remember Mourinho's last year at Chelsea? Do you remember how far down? Like it became a legitimate conversation of were they going to be? They were like 14th in like yeah. February. Arsenal might be in one of those situations where even if they bring in another manager, they're going to have to struggle to get themselves out of that that kind of zone. I'm not saying they're going to be in the relegation zone, but, I mean, it happened to Chelsea and, one year. With one really, bad run under a manager that lost the locker room, Chelsea were in 14th in February before they, they, they fired Mourinho. So, I mean, it, it, things can happen. Things can happen. Truer words have never been said here. Things can happen. You heard it from Austin Lips. Things can happen. Uh, guys, thank you again for joining us. Uh, another great podcast. But um, stick around. I know we've ha- you've, heard, you've heard the new intro. We do have a new outro this week as well. You hear all of our socials. Uh, give us some feedback on how you're liking uh, the new stuff. That's all coming from Chris's um, skill set of musical talents. <laughs> uh, you use your free time wisely. I approve. Um, but guys, thanks again. Top of the table, heading into international break. We'll see you guys September uh, 12th, so 13th, September 13th. Lots, lots to talk about. Actually, we're probably gonna shoot for a um, a pod next week uh, with the transfer window closing. Yeah. Um, just to discuss yeah, how, how we feel idea. about our squad. So we'll we'll come back. Maybe a shorter 30 to 40 minute pod next week, talking about transfer windows. Hopefully, all three of us, but at least two of us will be here to discuss that. And uh, as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.